Yeah, no, uh, we almost got shut down. It was interesting. <laughs> shut down and turned into a TikTok by an angry Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I thought was happening. You were almost there. Yeah. I was almost, and I would have been one of the guys to stand up for the Karen, too. It would have been bad. Thank God it didn't go that route. No, you would have compromised. No. Uh, no. Well, uh, no. <laughs> The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health conditions or illness. So, hello everyone, and thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Goku, and with me tonight is my friend Joe. Hello. Nate. Hey. And Matt. Hi. If you're joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. And with being a first step in assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is just another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion about mental health topics and gaming. So tonight, please welcome uh, our guest, Roderick. How hey are you there. doing, Roderick? I'm doing pretty good. What's up, buddy? Yo. What's going on? Dude, I am so, I know I'm speaking for everybody, but, you know, I'm totally comfortable with that. You know, most of us, you, dude, I'm so excited to have you come on with us tonight, and it's been too long before having you back on. I mean, it's, it's been, been too a while. Long, way too yeah, long. Way too long, and a lot's happened in between then and now, and uh, I'm so excited to catch up with you and uh, just chat, man. Like, oh, man, I'm so excited to have you on. <laughs> You're making me blush, Joe. You're making me blush. Oh, and I make you blush every time we game together. You got, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Roger, what power do you have? You got Joe all flustered and everything. It's great. I don't know, man. He has that magic touch. Yeah. Well, it's the beard game. That's what it is. Gotcha. That's what it is. Gotcha. Magical beard. I got to step mine up a little bit. All right. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I told the wife the other day, I said, uh, you know what? I'm not going to shave until I go back to work. And so it might be like another year. I might end up looking like you, Joe, here in, in six months. <laughs> Let the that's, grow that's out. Goals. Big long one, yeah. That's goals. Like I've actually trimmed it a little bit, but I I want to get it a little bit longer. I I told my wife I want a new new uh like beard trimmer for yep. uh, Christmas. She's like, you have like two of them. I go, you're right. I do have two of them, but they don't really do all too much when your children lose all the attachments for it. So yeah. unless <laughs> I just want to clean shave that thing down to like just baby face again. I need a new one. So now here's a question. Do you do the whole like beard oil and like beard moisturizer and shampoo? To an extent. I, um, what's this? Welcome to beard talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. I, I have a, uh, a beard wash. I do use, um, uh, my beard's pretty, uh, pretty rugged and uh i use a uh sort of like a conditioner and the cool thing is (laughs) i i love using this like describing it does anybody remember the toothpaste that was like the micro like bubbles and like you'd start brushing your teeth with it it was just like you were like rabid 
Yeah. There was just so yeah, much. That, yeah. That's what this beard wash is. You could use like a pea size in your hand. And it's like, that's not going to do nothing. And then it's just like, and it's like Alka-Seltzer tablet. Just, it just pulls out all the dirt and everything. And then uh, after I do use a, uh, a beard oil and uh, I, I brush it out throughout the day and everything. And uh, as a joke, my, uh, my, my wife got me a beard straightener and I tried it for the, <laughs> like, that's not going to do anything, dude. They work. And I'm say, like, I want one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I want one. I want to go get it right now and just sit here on, on the podcast and straighten it's my straighten, beard. Straighten the beard. <laughs> it looks cool. It's like ZZ top when, when I get it all straight. But uh, yeah, Joe's just Joe's working for his uh, Gandalf the Grey cosplay that he's going to be doing eventually. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. I uh, I was actually at work. We actually switched our, uh, our regions again. So our zone is now a mega zone at work and we're a part of the Eastern New York uh, zone now. And I got to meet the big boss for that uh, yesterday or no today. And Ooh, uh, stepping up in the world. Yeah. And uh, first thing he said to me was, man, you got a big beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, how much longer are you going to grow it out any longer? I'm like, I, to be honest, I'd love to have a longer beard. He goes, no, nah, I think that's a good length right there. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> boss well, man said no. <laughs> right. If, if this is as long as it's going to get, this is as long as it's going to get. So but, he was being very yeah. subtle about his guidance there. But I'll tell you what, I am beard envious of several people in the community's beards. I mean, some people have like, uh, damn it, Bennett, you know, damn it, Bennett from uh, Zerwatch. He's got the most majestic ZZ top freaking beard ever. Like, it's gorgeous. I saw him at PAX East in February. I saw him on the floor. I was running between things, trying to like go to one spot and then head back to our booth. And I just passed him like he was just testing a game and then i stopped for a second i'm like dude you know i i'm joe and blah 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 i introduced and it's like before i left i'm like dude awesome beard i gotta go talk to you later and i took off and it's like i had to give him that like you could see he stood up a little bit more because of that beard and then con young con's got a gorgeous beard yeah there's someone that uh my brother-in-law watches and so every time i walk in and he's the same thing he's got just the long glorious beard but he's graying in such the perfect way that it just is three stripes straight down the beard. So it's like the salt and pepper, but it's real salty in three little stripes on it. I don't know how he pulled that off, but like just scored all the way through. And then I've got this, you know, if it gets (laughs) any longer than that, it just kind of (laughs) goes. I love it. I love it. But we're not here about talking about beards and everything. We are. are. Uh, Roderick, uh, for those that might not know you and uh, might not have caught uh, an earlier episode with you, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a character artist. I work in the video game industry. Um, had multiple gigs at AAA Studios, uh, Sledgehammer Games, Bungie. Um, now I'm currently at uh, PUBG. Um, so I work on a bunch of awesome video games. You make a bunch of cool characters, uh, combatants, bosses player gear, um, things like that. Responsible for raid content uh, and combatant work when I was at Bungie. Um, at Sledgehammer Games, I was responsible for developing their uh, gear pipeline. And now at PUBG, I'm working on some pretty exciting stuff that uh, hopefully we can share in the future. Nice. Very nice. Awesome. 
dude i'm so pumped for what like i i it's so exciting um what you're doing with PUBG, I can't wait to see everything that's coming out. But I think everybody who plays Destiny has seen your work firsthand from armor to the sweet work you've done on the raid bosses and the dungeon boss. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I remember going through the dungeon for the first time. Um which one? It, There's three now. <laughs> it was the second one. Um uh, Pit of uh Heresy. Okay. Dude, it was like a ride along, like you'd see on stream. And it was just like Bungie and another buddy of ours, we were going through and it's like, oh, I'm so glad they fixed this. And, you know, before it would just launch you into space and, oh man, oh, I'm glad. glad. And it was just like the process and like the like the world building behind it and everything. It's like, dude, this is such a treat. Not many people get to kind of peer behind the curtain. Yeah. No, no. Because there's a whole bunch of work that goes into the games that most people aren't necessarily aware of. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of work that um, that goes in planning and and um, coming up with ideas and things like that. Um, that takes a lot of time and a lot of work. Prototyping, uh, having multiple teams, you know, hundreds of people kind of help and uh, develop new things. There's a lot of like things behind the scenes that happen that um, most individuals aren't aware of unless they're working in a video game industry. Um, We're far from the 2D platformers of yore. <laughs> yep, yep. Where <laughs> people could make a game with this skeleton crew of a couple people and have it be amazing. And now we've gone to these multi hundred or thousand people teams working on this one singular game. Yep. Yeah, everything's gotta be bigger, right? Like <laughs> I know when I was younger playing Zelda Ocarina of Time, you know, you get to kind of uh, the open world portion, <laughs> which is just the field and it's like oh my gosh this is awesome well now like as time has progressed we try to scale that wild. more and more and more yeah like breath of the wild it's huge it's massive and then like uh you get to um like uh red dead redemption one of the <laughs> biggest open world environments i've ever seen and so yeah bigger and better and requires more people and more money more time the bigger it is the more there are times or things that can break. And yep. Touch on that in the gaming news because we're not going to touch on the elephant in the room just yet. Not yet. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Um, but uh, like I, Joe had mentioned, um, for people that may not be aware, how was it working for Bungie and working on so much of what we hear and so much of our audience loves? Oh, it was amazing. The people I got to work with um, were great. Uh, a lot of great individuals at Bungie. Um, the content that I got to create, amazing. It was fun. Um, it was a lot of uh, collaboration between different disciplines. You know, animation, design, VFX, concepting. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of fun elements and a lot of fun things that I got to do. Um, and working on raid bosses was probably one of my favorite things I did at Bungie because of all the different teams and individuals I got to work on. Mm. And then seeing the community take that content and compete for Worlds First, uh, amazing. Um, I love it. What's your, um, like, what's your process like? Like, how do you start getting to work on a specific project or where do you get your, oh, where do you get your ideas from? How do you start like a project, let's say? Uh, well, most of the ideas were like, um, a raid content or 
you know, different uh, seasons and releases, things like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of that starts, you know, from a higher up level um, where leadership tends to take in and look at, hey, what should we do for this next season? Um, Mm -hmm. What should we do for this next big release? Um, And they kind of define the core elements uh, that they want to see. And then that gets passed down to the different teams. And since I worked on a raid team, mostly it was a lot of like, hey, what what do we think looks cool? What do you think would be fun to play? Let's get, Mm. you know, 20 some people um, in a room, the people that make the the bosses that you fight, but also the people that make the raid uh, mechanics. And let's just collaborate and and start throwing ideas. Um, So that's how most of the raids started. Somebody would, would set up a meeting. And there would just be tons of individuals pitching ideas and throwing around like, hey, it'd be cool if we did X, Y, and Z. Or like, hey, it'd be cool if we got in a ship and like shot up to space. <laughs> and then the space station crashed down. Like all of that was just like stuff that was thrown out in yeah. these collaboration meetings. And um, things tend to stick and you get support and individuals that are like, hey, I think that sounds cool. Let's make it happen. Um, and then, you know, we normally, uh, designer normally writes up a, spec sheet and we pass that to concept uh where concept will take and like oh you guys want panics right in in a shank okay here we go here's your concept for it Um, (laughs) then you know it gets passed to me to to model and create and then uh chris burn or um ping ping will take and and uh, do the animations for it and like uh jay bake or glenn gamble would take and, and do vfx for it and um it was, uh, it was a lot of collaboration, a lot of uh, picking ideas and just kind of running with things. There was, there were several times where it's like, hey, I think this sounds cool. We've got some time. Let's just do it. Um, and one of those things was the uh, the dungeon boss, the big uh, uh, flame guy. I forget his name now. But um, it was like, hey, we got you know four weeks. What can we do? Just like everybody just was like, hey, this would be cool and started like throwing stuff together. And I think we got one of the... Um, coolest dungeon bosses out of it. I agree. Absolutely. I would agree too. But that's amazing because it's so many people involved in the process. You would think that egos would get involved or just, you know, drama in a sense. Yeah. But you guys you gotta have... check that at the door. No, absolutely. And it shows too because any of the raids and the dungeons, they are so intricate and equally different. To the point where everything is brand new and the way that it looks is phenomenal. So clearly, it's working. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one thing um, at Bungie that, like, coming from Sledgehammer Games, we really didn't have that. There was a lot of, like, um, big egos and individuals that were very much like, hey, it's my way or it's the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, where at Bungie, it's very much like, hey, we're trying to make this big, massive game for the players. And... Uh, there's a thousand people doing it. We need to collaborate and compromise on things. Yeah. Um, and so uh, people tend to leave their egos at the door and we all kind of work together, which, you know, the five years I was at Bungie, there was a reason I was there for five years. Because, right. you know, right. everybody was collaborating. Everybody got along. Um, but, you know, with that being said, you can get too big as a studio as well. Um, there's a lot of people at Bungie, like I'd walk past them and be like, I have no idea who that is. And I've been here for five years. <laughs> they might've been here just long, you know? So, uh, 
you, you still have I, some things like that. They sit behind you in math class. Yeah. For <laughs> five years. <laughs> you said hi to me in the hallway every day. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> you were talking about working on, on these bosses. And what I remember back in D1, um, the reveal for Crota and Oryx were kind of some of my favorite reveals for those those big back in the day yeah back in the day and and i still remember the world's first run from uh gathalian's team for uh taken king when no one had any idea that oryx was just gonna pop up from the end of that ship and trx was just peering over (laughs) and you just see this massive oryx is like oh my god Nope, nope, nope. Oh, that's where that came from. Was yeah. that the, it, like the first final stand mechanic that they put in a raid? Like, it kind of feels like it. I don't remember. I don't well, know. they had the um, the enraged, right? right. And Crota, it was the uh, the eye. It was the. You've tried this too many times. You need to start over. Yeah. That's the enrage. That's what that is. Mm. So, but I think. Destiny yeah. was is one of the games that kind of does those boss reveals so much better than a lot of other games. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of work that goes into into those uh, big reveals. Mm-hmm. A lot of planning, um, multiple teams, multiple people. Uh, the bigger the reveal, the more work it takes. Like um, Riven, extremely hard. Um, to create some oh, of the content because of when you're how high down. res she is, how many joints she has, and all the different pieces that need to kind of fit together in the puzzle to work. It's uh, some of those are extremely hard, and I'm always surprised when, when we're like, okay, we got uh, one month, we got to finish this, and it's like we got one week. Crap, <laughs> are we gonna get it done? But <laughs> right, you know, Bungie and the people there always tend to pull stuff together and complete things. You know what it reminds me of when you were saying about all the joints and everything? It reminds me of, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I use my, my daughters as reasons to watch animated movies. Like I say, uh, it's for Emma. She wanted to watch this. Well, it's really me. No, you um, want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the sequel to Finding uh, Nemo, Finding Dory. Oh, such a good movie. If you watch Fantastic. the behind the scenes and you talk, uh, you listen to the animators and the director talk, um, they talk about the octopus character in it. And the majority of the animation for like six years was just the animation on the octopus because every limb and joint and everything was individually animated and then all put together. And it took so long to just get its movements down like organically how an octopus moves that the majority of the time spent for animation was actually just on that character throughout his scenes. Like it just shows like, and you can compare the two side by side with the, all the different teams being involved to incorporate all the different movements and high res and put everything together. It takes a lot of time and a lot of people to do that. And it really uh the payoff in the end is just amazing because it's one of those things that people just love to revisit and check back out and it turns out to you know it stands out from the rest because it's a difference between the the 2D old school pencil animation that that's what i did 
prior to going to uh, psychology school and 3D animation. Don't let him don't don't let him fool you. He's pretty humble. Doc is a killer artist. I've seen his work. He's really good. Well, thank you. I don't learning, practice enough. I'm learning something new every day. I had no about I had no idea about this. I went to art <laughs> school for 2 years so after high school. Oh. Uh, did 2D animation. My thing is too when I started uh coding and everything for the RTS bot, I was sharing it with Roderick and having Roderick kind of look it over. The excitement on Roderick through just text was just like, oh man, what are you using for this? Oh, what are you? T- oh, oh, you're using. Oh, okay. And then we switched it over to Python and he checked it out. Dude, just the excitement from it. <laughs> and I know coding is a big part of all of this. It's not just, you know, just putting lines down on uh, like a tablet or anything like that. There's a lot of coding and programs and I couldn't even begin to fathom what everything is involved to you know, just to create the most basic thing in game, like just coding a flag takes lines of code. Um, so it's beyond impressive. Are you allowed to share anything, what you're working on now? Oh, at PUBG? No, not at this time. Damn it's it. some, all I can <laughs> say is it's some awesome stuff. I'm super excited to be a part of PUBG, being able to work on essentially what I enjoy doing um, because I'm very much a technical artist Mm -hmm. Um, you won't really hear me say hey i'm an artist through and through and i'm just going to draw and sculpt all day that is not me i would get (laughs) bored out of my mind i'm a more technical individual and that's why i think i worked so well with the boss team was uh, my ability to really get in whether it was like doing code on stuff or getting in and doing more of the technical side of uh, the character setup and doing lights and vfx and stuff and so at PUBG. Um, Dave Kurd, uh, uh, the individual that hired me on there, he's really kind of given me the the freedom to pursue different uh, different things um, to help improve PUBG, and um, it's a bunch of technical uh, things that I get to work on. So I'm super excited. I'm having a blast. Um, That's awesome. I'm enjoying enjoying the work I'm doing and the individuals I'm working with. So I'm super excited for the future. Um, so that way we can start. When we start do revealing stuff, uh, joining you on a podcast again and, and showing you all the cool things. Ooh, down with that. Now, are now with COVID and everything being impacting you know, like literally every everybody on the planet. Are you still working remotely? Yep, yep, still working remotely. Um, man, it's going to be hard to go back to work when when work opens up. Like we're. Uh, uh, I had a, a son back in March. Um, he's nine months yeah. old now. I think hey. he's nine months old. Ugh, something, nine, ten months old. They grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like the, the difference between him and my, my first son, who's five, like I, I had my son, I'd go to work, you know, work eight, nine, maybe 10 hour days, come back home, spend like an hour with him um, or maybe two before he would go to bed. Um, I missed out on a lot of things like, seeing him take his first step or, you know, all this other thing uh, that they learn. And so doing the work at home right in March, right, you know, like nine days or so before my wife had, had our second son, I got to stay home and work and see all these, uh, these things that he's learning. And uh, 
So going back to work and having to stay at work for nine, 10 hour days and then come home and only spend a couple hours with my kids. I think I'm hoping that uh, the industry goes into a permanent, hey, you can work from home no matter what, unless you want to work in the studio, um, because or I'd much prefer half half. or yeah, or half and half. I'd much prefer working from home um, because like now I sit, I'm doing my work, I'm sculpting or, you know, typing or whatever. And my son, he'll come in and he'll like hug on me and I'll like pick him up and hold him on my lap. And then he'll like smash my other keyboard while mm-hmm. I'm working. And so I'm still <laughs> you able have to a dummy keyboard too. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've got several of them. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I'm able to get my work done and interact with my, my kids. Um, so I think I hope That's working huge. homes here to stay because I'm enjoying it. Um, I think multiple companies have recognized that employees can work from home and be more productive at home. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it, like you have a company uh, like Bungie, let's say, thousand employees. You have this huge office space that you have to lease. Rent. You have to pay yeah. for electricity and uh, air conditioning, computers desks, all this crap. If you let everybody work from home, you're saving a lot of money in your facility costs. Um, and some of that right. money that you save, you know, you can kind of dish that back out to your employees and either increase their salary or uh, give them bonuses to kind of purchase. And better setups at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you partially subsidize their internet service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could essentially pay for the internet service a hundred percent and you'd still be saving money because you don't have this big facility. Mm-hmm. Um, Hook everyone up to fiber. <laughs> yep. I actually I got fiber right now. I freaking love it. Oh, uh, rub it in, amazing. guys. Rub yeah. it in. But uh <laughs> I want fiber. If you allow employees to apparently work from home too, uh, like the Seattle, Washington area, super expensive. Cost of living was extremely high. Mm. Um now if you're paying somebody there and they're like, Hey, I want to work from home permanently. I want to move to uh, Nebraska for whatever reason. I don't know why anybody would live there, but if you want to move <laughs> to Nebraska and live out on a farm. Well, that employee would probably take, you know, uh, a certain pay cut um, because of the cost of living so much cheaper there. So then you're right. saving money there. And the employee gets to, to work from where he or she wants to. Um, so I think there's friends and family. Yep, yeah. exactly. And that was some of the reason why I left Bungie um, because all my family is in the Midwest here. Um, and so moving to the Midwest, it's like, hey, I'm not that far from my family um, versus like being out in Seattle where it's like, I'm a 26 hour drive across the mountains and stuff. Yeah. Um, so hopefully That's more, no uh, more companies realize the benefit to that um, and move that direction. I think a lot of people are recognizing sort of the the benefits of it. And I think, like you said, just the cost effectiveness that it can create in a sense. There's there's pros and cons, I think, to to both sides. But for specific jobs, I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah jobs I think some of the cons are definitely fun. being able to get to know individuals personally. Mm-hmm. Like working at Bungie was a whole lot easier to... Um, hang out and get to know individuals versus PUBG only because of the fact that I'm in the same room with them, sitting next to them. 
So it's a lot easier to just start BSing and getting to know people. Right, uh, right. Where at PUBG, I'm having to um, do that, force myself to make uh, Zoom calls and things like that uh, in order to kind of like build up those relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some downsides to it like that. Um, but I think the I think the pros outweigh the con. Yeah. Absolutely. At least for at least for me and I think for the for the game industry anyways. Um now there are definitely uh, different um different individuals that will have a harder time working from home. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know, I think if if most companies implement like, hey, a permanent work from home or a uh, permanent work from home plus part time half at home half in the studio and kind of allow these individuals to pick and choose what works best for them i think is the best route kind of like square enix they came out here the other day and said um, that they're going to allow individuals to permanently work from home or be a half and half and um, they figured that 80 percent uh, will choose to stay at home working permanently um, and then the other uh, i think it was 10 percent would remain in the studio permanently and then the final 10% would kind of do a hybrid method where they work two or three days at home and then two or three days at work. And like you were mentioning, that's going to save a lot on those external fees of building AC, uh, just things that people don't necessarily think about. And working from home, what people don't really or they may have thought of is you don't have to do the commute. Yep, exactly. My commute on average, a uh, commuting from Monroe, Washington to Bellevue uh, was an hour to an hour and 10 minutes um, to and from work. So every That's day it was like two to two and a half hours. If some individual decided to get in an accident on the interstate, then it's like, Hey, easily two and a half hours today going to and from work. Um, you know, you multiply that by five days a week, you know, by the entire year. And it's like, that is a lot of time that I'm missing with my, my kids and my family. Yeah. And that a commute was hour, a big one for me. Because if you don't change your schedule, a lot of people, when they are working from home, just, oh, I could just sleep in a lot longer. But if you keep on that same schedule, that extra hour that you have, that, alone time relaxation time at home prior to starting work can be huge it's one thing that i say to a lot of my clients is uh, certainly now from working from home is now you have the time if you keep that same schedule rather than rushing out the door take the extra half hour make yourself that coffee that you never got the chance to do yeah. now we have snow but you can't really go on your deck but go on your deck listen to the birds and drink your coffee in silence. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially what, what I've been doing. Like my son, he gets up at, at seven and my wife and my youngest, they will sleep until about eight. And so I'll get up at seven. I'll go downstairs. I'll make my coffee and we'll put on some TV and he'll just snuggle up next to me. I'll drink my coffee for an hour while he's watching, you know, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Blippy. Uh, <laughs> normally it's some video games uh, like Mario and stuff. Um, but that hour of, of just personal time that I'm going to spend with my son is that's priceless. And back when I yeah. lived in Washington and commuting to work, it was like seven o'clock, get up. Okay. 
take a shower, get ready, be out of the house by eight o'clock. So that way I could get to work by like nine thirty or whatever. Um, so there's, I did not enjoy that, you know, waste. I do not like to waste my time. You know, the time is very valuable to me because it's something that I'm never going to get back. You know, right. I can get paid for my time. Sure. But my time with my family is more important than any dollar amount. Um, and so I'm, I'm really cherishing this, this work from home um, that I've been able to do since March. And I'm hoping that it continues. Every, it's sad because every time I see like on the news, they're like, oh, vaccine. I'm like, no, no, slow down. I want to stay at home. I want to work from home some more. <laughs> but I but think, like you mentioned, yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, I think even with the vaccine, though, because I'll be honest, I just took a, I, I took a, I took a small part-time job and they asked me like, okay, well, are you, would you ever consider coming into the office? And I actually said like, no, I, I'm good home. Yeah. I will gladly work from home. And they were okay with it. And I'm getting, <laughs> you know, I'm getting paid the same, the same amount. It's just, I get to work from home. And I think even with a vaccine or not, I, I think there's still going to be that little question, even for a little while longer. There's yep. going to be a shift. Yeah. Because if you raise the well-being of the employees, the employees will be more productive. They'll be happier. They'll oh, be, yeah. Of course. They'll, they'll stay with the company longer. So yeah. it's a win-win-win for them. You also get more talent as well. Um, especially like the video game industry being in the Midwest, we have snow and we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. There's not a lot of people from California or Texas that work in video games that are like, yeah, let's move to, you know, negative 40 and 54 inches of snow. Um, (laughs) if you allow permanent work from home, we're pointing you out, Nate, (laughs) if you allow permanent work from home, you can get those individuals and they can just stay in California and work. Um, and so you're able to, to get this talent that you otherwise wouldn't be able to, um, which I think is a huge benefit as well. Yeah. yeah or vice versa. Like and my brother is also in um, game development and, and he's actively working for a company that's in Texas. He's like I live in California and I can actually work for them. And if I decide to move, I can still work for the company I'm working for in California. He's dreading having to go back into the office because it limits his, his options. Yep. Whereas yep. the work from home model, he can he can do side projects for two, three different companies. Doesn't matter where they are. So. Yeah. Now, as much as like COVID uh, changed the way we go to business, essentially, and our uh, our daily interactions and stuff, I do you think after you know uh, what ten months of this lifestyle that people have just adjusted to it and just kind of not accepted it, but kind of just fell into that routine again, like of it, working from home, then going into an office in a way, but some people have been working from home. Uh, for example, I, I have a client that I've been working with for four years now, give or take, oh, God, it's been that long that, her anxiety being at the office was through the roof. Just being around coworkers, bosses, it it was just creating a lot of anxiety for her and it was affecting her productivity. She was dreading going into work. She was seemed depressed. 
So we moved to accommodate to have her work from home. And over these past four years, her working from home, even prior to COVID, her anxiety went down, depression went went away. She was more productive, even more productive than when she was at the office. So for some people, working from home is increasingly beneficial. Yeah, I think um, it's been extremely beneficial for me. Um, you know, I uh, I get to spend more time with my family. I uh, I tend to be a workaholic, so that's you know a busybody. Kind of a, yeah, kind of a downside as well, um, because there will be times where I'm like working, and I look at the clock, and I'm like, okay, it's five thirty. Ah, I got a little bit more time. I'll work, and I'll look, and I'll be like, oh, now it's six thirty. <laughs> I'm like ah, five more minutes of work is like okay now it's seven twenty, so there is some um, some things where it's like I can let work consume me more than what I probably should at times versus like going into the office. Um, so that's you just, where you need to delimit kind of delineate when it's work time and when it's family time. Yep. Yeah, no, I've got I've, uh, I fall into a loving wife too. that makes sure um, I know when it's time to get off work. She'll, she'll come in and be like, you know what time it is? I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, was, uh, yeah. I was on my way out. I, I yeah, knew yeah. you were coming. <laughs> that all sensor beeped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's something that I work with some clients when the pandemic hit and everyone's starting to work from home is really delineating that time of when it's work, when it's break, when it's mm-hmm. um, at the time for family. And a lot of people set up their work in the dining room yeah. or in their living room. Mm-hmm. Good spot for it. But it, it makes it that you're always working. Even though you're trying to relax in the evening, the, the computer and everything is right there. Right. Well, it's just an email. And without going too much into it, switching a task as soon as you start a new task requires two things that happen. So you're one, doing a cognitive shift and two, you're adapting to the new rules of that new task that takes time. So if it's a five minute email, the whole switch to and from takes about 25 minutes ish. So that five minute email just knocked you from about 25 minutes of actually concentrating on the TV show that you're watching. You know, before we dive too deep into this rabbit hole, I want us to move on <laughs> for a second. Cause I'm really excited just to bring this up before we roll into our mental health topic mm. and get rolling into things. But I have to know more about this latest project, a little hobby you've been picking up Roderick that I've been seeing on, uh, on uh, Twitter and your socials that has me super jealous Which beyond hobby? Your <laughs> dice making. Because I got multiple hobbies. I just don't well, show them all. The newest one that I've seen with you making your own homemade dice. Now, you brought this to a whole new level. You shared like the process of it. These things, those things came out gorgeous. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't come for, out too bad. For a first time making this, kid, I, I have to ask you, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the podcast <laughs> To you to ask you, uh, what was the process that you you went through to make these? Like, was it super hard? 
No, I thought it was it, about to be. Uh, can you make us dice, please? <laughs> I, already, I, already, I already told Joe. I said, "Hey, if you guys yeah. got some dice with the the logo on it, send me a pair. I'll take it. I'll mold them." Um, because well, dude, I've, got... I've been waiting for you to get settled in. I I know you got settled in about a month ago. Yep. Yep. Twenty so, November. Um, I was gonna send you something several times, and you're like, "But wait, yeah, I haven't moved yet. Yep. You know, <laughs> wait until we get settled in." And yep. Now it's like okay, now now I can send them, but there is a dice in there with the logo on it for you. Nice. See, I can cast that. I've got some leftover silicone. Um, yeah, the whole process is pretty easy. Um, use uh, Dragon Skin Thirty. Uh, it's a silicone. It's a part A, part B product. Um, you take the dice and um, basically stick them in a little Dixie cup. Slowly mix the silicone for the five minutes that it requires. Put it into a new cup, mix it for another five minutes, and slowly pour it into the Dixie cup. Um, and then you throw it in the pressure pot. Uh, the pressure pot takes all the bubbles that you'd have in the silicone and it compresses them down so they're super micro. Um, and you, you let it sit in there for 16 hours. It comes out and it's fully cured. And then you basically just cut down the sides uh, to pop it open and get the dice out. Um, and then you just mix up your silicone and you, you tape the mold and you pour this, or you, sorry, you mix up your resin, you tape the mold and you pour the resin in. Um, you know, you add your different colors, your gold flakes and um, yeah, you use mica gold powder and things yours. like that. Yep. And then uh, you put it in a pressure pot for 12 hours. Super simple. You make this sound so easy, but it I is, know right? it really is. Right? I would destroy a kitchen as I tried doing this. <laughs> See, you just got to have the got to have the cardboard down. Um, I think the main thing is to. I did a lot of research on what products I needed to purchase to do it effectively, mm. um, and that was a big one. Um, trying to figure out the silicone and the work time. If you get a silicone um, that cures too fast. Well, you're not going to be able to pour it into the mold uh, in time before it starts to get hard. Uh, same with resin. If you get resin that cures way too fast and you're trying to pour seven molds, well, by the time you get to like number four, it's going to be starting to clump up. Um, so just figuring out, you know, what the best products are for that um, was was most of the, the hard work. Once I figured that out, it was watch a YouTube video and, you know, you can do it. Did it's something through... that I've wanted to do for a really long time. Mm. Um, and in, in Washington, I really didn't have the room um, for that. And in my new house here, you know, I got 500 square feet more, plus a complete basement that I can use as a, as a workshop, essentially. <laughs> um, I'm digging the art on your, on your walls in your office, though. Those are pretty sweet. Uh, I can't point. You got an iRes yeah, right custom there. print right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. So I met with him. Um, I think it was the last week I was in in Washington. I messaged him on Twitter, and uh, I finally got to meet uh, face to face with him and and pick up the art. Uh, the wife and I drove down to um, Portland and and met with him and um, BS'd for a little bit and got that art. And uh, he also gave me a, a tube with a bunch of other of his his artwork. Um, I haven't opened it up yet. Um, because of the whole moving thing I took and I, I boxed it away nicely. Um, I also, I still have some of Brian's um, work that I need to uh, frame up and put on this wall um, as well. 
I'm slowly settling in, slowly like putting up yeah. the, the artwork. Um, Take your time, man. Yeah. Get the spacing <laughs> right. Get the right frame. If yeah. you look, if you rush into it, you'll have something like that resembles my wall. So Tetris. <laughs> Tetris. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just so you know, like this comes down like every two or three months and I reorganize it. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Especially <laughs> getting all the frames like so close together. Yep. Yeah. Don't be like me. Don't be like Joe. Don't, don't yeah. be like Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like yours. Simplistic, it's awesome. nice, no need for Tetris. Yeah, that yeah. stuff, right? <laughs> but that's it right, had that's some... kind of how I am. I'm a fairly simple type person. Like uh, when we were in in Bellevue, the wife she had the living room full of of pictures, family mm-hmm. pictures and stuff. There was like twenty some pictures, similar to like Joe's wall, and yeah. I, it just drove me nuts. I'm kind of OCD, so I'd look at it I'd be like, no, like these corners and heights and stuff don't line up like oh i just hated sitting in the living room and watching tv because i had to look at this wall i was like ah it's like Uh, so for me it's like if you look at like the three behind me they're all the same length of of frame (laughs) and they're all i I had level you know leveling them making sure everything's nice and level and then the i have a small one here and a small one on the other side and those are perfectly you know I think it's like four inches from the top of the one next to it and four inches from the bottom of the one. And then uh, perfectly spaced out. a lot. Uh, chromatic fire um, should be um, uh, center with the ones behind me. Although it oh my doesn't quite look <laughs> like it because my fisheye lens, but uh, yeah, I have everything like, I don't know. I'm OCD like that. If I have I'm not a, a candlestick on the left side of my desk, in my house. I need one on the right <laughs> side too. So. All right. Note to self. Uh, you're never going to come visit me. My house will drive you insane. So I'll just come to your place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he's like Thanos right now. Perfectly balanced. That's yeah, all yeah. things should be. <laughs> yeah. It has to be like at work too at Bungie. I would come in and my desk was like immaculate. I did not hardly have anything on it. Um, and then I'd see other people's desks and they would like have these big old can stacks of like, you know, oh, Mountain Dew or, you know, Coca-Cola and they'd stack them super high. And I'm just like, no, that drives me nuts. I'd, like cover my <laughs> eyes as I walk by their desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't look. Man. I can't look. Yeah. <laughs> Must have fixed. I, I think some of that uh, is from growing up. Like I grew up on a farm. Um, so it was very much. Uh, disorganized and clutter and things like that. All the things that you get with growing up on a farm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as I got out of the house, I was like, okay, I don't have to deal with any of that <laughs> crap. And I kind of went like the complete opposite direction to, to counter, you know, the... You go to the, the complete polar opposite. Yeah. 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 Well, it's control. my wife nuts sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't help it. It's control. You, you came from... Not chaotic in the sense of I'd say chaos. Okay, chaos. Um, (laughs) you 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 know came from chaos, and you were like, no, no. Now I'm in control, and I'm gonna make it how I want to make it, and you know, out pops OCD. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Apparently, Chris in uh, in our chat right now says that you make a killer uh, shed paver foundation too. I do. That's Chris Byrne. He's a animator that I worked with at Bungie on Bosses. Um, yeah, he was up, doing a, hey, a shed one day. Um, uh, I, I forget why we went with the pavers, but he needed to lay a, a solid foundation. I was like, that's easy. We got this. And so, yeah, I ended up spending the day with him. And he did some, some wicked barbecue. And we took nice. and did the pavers and stuff. And yeah, 
I think I got a pretty good deal out of it, you know, eating barbecue and stuff. And he's from North Carolina, so he knows how to barbecue. Perfect. Now, a lot of people don't know about you, too. You're not only a developer. Before that, you used to do tile work, too. I did. Yep. I did that for uh, 10 years. I I was homeschooled, so there's a lot of things like that that um, I got to do. Uh, because I blow through all my schoolwork really quick um, because I hated school. So it's like, bam, head down, finish it right away in the morning uh, so I can move to other stuff. And my um, brother, who's 10 years older than me, uh, he started his own tile business. But at the age of 12, I was uh, was essentially working with him on the weekends, um, helping him do different tile jobs. Um, And as I got older, I worked with him more and more. Um, And so, yeah, I did professional tile work for, I'd say, 10 years. Oof. I did it long enough to know I did not want to retire doing <laughs> that. <laughs> a man of many talents. Yeah, for yeah. real. <clears throat> yeah, jack of many trades and yep. learned very quickly. I got to get into something else. Your <laughs> knees would have been shot by now. Yep. Oh, yeah, I, I do but, have one bad knee from it that uh, I had the chiropractor oh, adjust every couple weeks or whenever it you know doesn't feel, feel good. Um, but... That's about it so far. We'll see in, you know, 15 years. Sitting in a chair as well is probably not the best thing for my body either. Um, <laughs> no. So I, I, uh, I actually, PUBG just bought me a, a new desk. Um, and it's one of these nice, like, you push a button and, like... It, it raises. raises. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's like, I've got, like, four different settings on it. It's like, okay, now I can stand up and do some work. That's and, nice. You know, oh, that is cool. my back. How about you? I'm I'm jealous of your elevating and desk. Oh God, <laughs> I mean what I'm just jealous. Period. To be honest with you, I'm right? I mean, it's just they're broad. not that hard to get. They're only about twenty two hundred bucks. Oh, that's it. They're yeah. actually this one. Um, this one was like three hundred fifty bucks. I think. Oh, Ooh, nice. So it was actually so, Joe. We're, we're all getting some for Christmas. Autonomous right. uh, <laughs> desk. Be um, late in shipping. <laughs> Are we That's really getting desks? No, we're not getting desks. We we're getting desks. desks. No, we're not getting desks. <laughs> I heard it. I heard we're getting desks. That's what yes. I heard. Right? Thank you, Roger. <laughs> if if we get desks, <laughs> the next episode we record, I expect everybody to be standing. <laughs> I mean, I'm all right with that, to be honest. <laughs> right. But speaking of, of Christmas, uh, yes. For people that oh, oh. Are watching us live, um. We're one week away from the holidays. If dun, you're dun, dun. Joe finishes ed- editing of the podcast, it's probably Christmas in a what a day or two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Merry happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. With the holidays, certainly now with the pandemic going along, it's going to be a very different holiday for a lot of a lot of people. Indeed. But in general a lot of people get very fatigued during the holidays because it's that one time of year where we hope well, hopefully most people get a little bit of time off, but they go spend some time with friends and family. They try to spend as much time as they can, which can kind of lead them to get rather burnt out because the things that most people did during the holidays is Eat way too much, eat food that is very high in sugar and uh, trans fats and a whole bunch of other things that are ne- not necessarily great for our bodies, and drink a copious amounts of alcohol 
and not really sleep. Mm-hmm. A lot of truth in that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people can really hit that wall during the holidays. But also for a lot of people, spending time with family is not the best time of their lives because they are either in family turmoil, differencing in opinions, and the holidays can become rather stressful for a lot of people for those specific reasons. Um, Matt, you had written a uh, an article a while back specifically on the topic. <laughs> yeah, um, called the kind of like the it was called the black sheep effect. Uh, I wrote this back in 2017 and really what it talks about is exactly that. Think about it this way. We just went through Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So everything that you just said before, copious amounts of alcohol, eating, drinking, sugar, pumpkin pie, whole nine Mm -hmm. yards. We just did that. And especially this year, it was right after an election. And yeah. You add that on top of maybe you're not so close with your family. You're not so close with, you know, the people that you're spending Thanksgiving with. You probably just recovered from all of that maybe a week ago, pending on what happened or pending on the circumstances. Now you got two more holidays back to back. And pending which holiday you celebrate, sometimes it's a week long, sometimes it's two days, sometimes it's three days, whatever it might be. But no matter what, you're getting it back to back in some way, shape or form. And it's very difficult to at times process that and manage how we're going to, in a weird sense, survive the next couple of weeks. The one thing that I've personally told clients, especially throughout this year, uh, throughout this time, I should say, if you feel it's appropriate, say no, don't go. And now again, I'm talking if your relationship with family or certain family members is not good, it is okay to say no and to not go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'll speak on like a little bit of a personal sense. Not that I hate Thanksgiving or holidays and things like that. What I hated was having to run back and forth between multiple families. I never actually enjoyed the holiday and not because I don't like my family. It was just more so, all right, shovel the turkey because we got to go to so-and-so's aunt's house and I got to make sure I grab the pastries and run over there. It's like eight o'clock. By the time I'm done there, it's midnight and I got to be back at work the next day. Now times that by two if you don't like your family or if you or if there there are issues going on there. Mm-hmm. Everything just compounds. And the feelings that we get, they're exacerbated. They become even worse. Saying no and pacing yourself, mm-hmm. pacing in terms of how many events you are saying that you will attend doesn't mean that you do not like your family. It just means that you are taking this time to take care of you so that you can actually spend time with your family. Yeah, And you're allowed to enjoy the holidays. And sometimes people make new traditions. Sometimes people make new plans. And that should be okay. You know, the whole Friends Thanksgiving, the Friendsgiving, I know that gets a lot of slack um, from 
I know that gets a lot of slack, but <laughs> in reality, it's, it's true. It's it's it is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can spend time with your friends. On yeah, you're allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're allowed. Um, and and I think traditions like that should be explored and should be utilized and spending you know time with other people that are important to you in your life that you care about keeping positive people around you especially during this time is kind of key and that's really what should be focused on um if that's your family fantastic and go for it have a good time enjoy you know stay away from the uncle i'm joking but (laughs) bad joke bad joke um joe's gonna kill me um but no, enjoy the time with people that you want to enjoy the time with because the holidays are for you as well. I think a lot of times we get trapped in this. I'm 30 and I still kind of get trapped in that mindset. Like I got to be there for my family. And it's like, right. wait a minute. You, you feel I'm, obligated. Yeah, very much so. And I'm like, I'm 30. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I, again, not that I'm, you know, pushing my family away, but I'm like, you know, if I want to go to my brother-in-law's and actually be able to watch the football game on, on Thanksgiving, like <laughs> I'm going to go to my brother-in-law's for one year, you know, I, I feel and, very fortunate that I happen to marry a, a Jewish girl and my family <laughs> is not. So we don't have any holiday conflicts when it comes to that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. One thing that this year is going to be different is with the pandemic. So we spent the first Thanksgiving within the pandemic and the Christmas is going to be very different as well. So we need to acknowledge, uh, and there was a really good article on, on psychology today uh, that I'm referring to as well, that we need to acknowledge the fact that we may not do the same types of gatherings, have the same types of, of interactions as we are used to. A lot of people get bogged down in these are our Christmas traditions. Mm-hmm. We all meet up at grandma's house with 50 people. May not be able to do that this year. No. Yeah. Well, de Blasio and, and, said no in New York. He said, you know, 10 or less. Yeah, so legally, Pix- it wasn't Pixel and Pixel and chat kind of brings up a point with the family guilt. And we've all heard this. I'm sure everyone has heard this at some point is, well, this might be grandma's last Christmas. Do you really want to miss it? You see, and it, it I, I think it even it can get even a bit more manipulative than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but we're your family. You should be spending time with us. Mm-hmm. It could just be as simple to. as that. Right. You know, right. Mm-hmm. It could really just be as simple as well, we're your family. You need to be with us. And it's like, yeah, but do I want to be with you? <laughs> is well, is the and that's question. The, the key thing. And it's something that I say to a lot of my clients is, yeah, they may be your family, but they don't get to dictate what you mm-hmm. have to do. You get to choose if you want to spend time with your family or not. Yeah, We don't have to. There's no written rule that you're obliged to spend time with your family. And with this pandemic, like I said, it, it is going to be different. Uh, for for my family, we used to go to my in-laws, which are five hours up north, in between either 
Christmas or New Year's, we kind of alternate years. This year, we can't. It's where they live is kind of more locked down than we are here. Yeah. So we're, we're going to adapt. Right. But the less running around, I feel, and we're just going to have to be seen, that a lot of people may spend quieter, more relaxing, and there I uh, there I say, better holidays. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no guilt in that. There should be no guilt in that. Yeah. Right. The, the fact because that you're not running around. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's because of COVID and there needs to be a, a separation, whether it's because of distance, whether it's because of restrictions, or in reality, whether it's because you're making a decision to not go to a certain place for the holidays. It's 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 at the end of the day, it should be about what kind of what you need at that moment, you mm-hmm. know. And there's always this thing too, right? It, there there is a difference between you there. You can do this respectfully, is what I'm saying, because I think the other thing that gets stuck in everybody's mind is, well, I'm being disrespectful, or I'm being a bad you know son, I'm being a bad daughter, I'm being a bad child. No, you can say it respectfully. You know, you're not going to say, I'm not coming to your house because I hate you. No, it's more so I'm choosing to go to my brother-in-law's just for this Thanksgiving. You know, yep. next next Thanksgiving, I'll be with you guys. You know, I don't get to see them as much. You know, you make it respectful. After that, however your family takes it is how your family takes it. You're doing the right thing. You're telling them. You're explaining to them the situation and kind of what you're feeling. My hope is that the family would, your family would mm-hmm. respect and kind of honor that and be like, okay, cool. You you're know, setting you just, your own boundaries. Right, right. Can you just bring over some cannolis before you go? And like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my New York in me. So yes, of course I'll bring you over some cannolis. Um, that's Porto's you know, like, out here. Yeah. <laughs> But for for people that may know may not get to be with family, the fact that we have this technology and the fact that this pandemic came at a day and age where we have Zoom or FaceTime and Skype, where we can have these gatherings, makes it that much easier. Um. Joe was on Garden Downcast uh, the other week and they had talked about something that I think really holds true. The fact that you can just mail, not right now, hopefully you've done it sooner, mail your gifts to your family and say, at a certain time, we all get on a Zoom call and we we open our Christmas presents online. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's just problem solving. You know, finding uh, finding something that, you know, making it more manageable, you know, especially through, you know, this Christmas, especially with everything that's been going on this year. You know, utilizing what, what we have. We have Zoom. We have Google Hangout. I mean, it's easy enough to tell, you know, have a family member show another one how to use it. And we can still be able to spend time together like we are right now uh, mm-hmm. remotely. I've done multiple birthdays this year. I've done two weddings this year and now multiple holidays over video chat. And it's not the same, but in some ways it's better because we've, you know, my family is dispersed across the country. 
And this year was one of the, it's, it, you know, the first time we've had all of the family in the room. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, so what is, what is that? That's like a part of, um, CBT, isn't it? Like a form of it from like managing. Yeah. Well, you're managing your, your thoughts and your emotions, but the fact that we can get these, um, these gatherings without the stress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You give a date and time, no need to rush. No need to worry about traffic or weather. Just show up. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel great, or you feel that you want to have some alone time, you just say, Hey, I'm going to go rest and watch a Christmas vacation on, on Netflix. Yes. Or Classic. or 24/7 of a Christmas story on TBS every Christmas Eve. Yep. <laughs> or Die Hard. Or Die Hard. Or Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. I don't care what anybody yep. says. Chat, you can fight with fight me. Fight me about I'm, it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll fight back. I'm on Roger's side. It's or Christmas Batman movie. Returns. Batman Returns is a Christmas movie as well too. It takes place mm. during Christmas. It's it's facts. It's just facts. Jeez. Gremlins. <laughs> oh, Gremlins. Facts. Yes. With straight facts. See you guys. Uh, you guys go that way every Christmas and throughout the year. I watch the Santa Claus series with Tim it's Allen. The, the Tim Allen series, yeah. And, and that was, that was right? and jingle Tim all Allen. the way. Yeah. Oh, he's got two. It's <laughs> <laughs> a oh. classic, but no, yeah, I, I get that. And uh, <laughs> you, you know what made me think about the birthdays that Nate mentioned? One thing that totally like overstated its welcome was the parade drive-bys at people's houses <laughs> i i never I was did one, one of those i was one of those i did it too and then <sighs> shortly after people started getting in trouble for it oh so <laughs> quick funny story i think i said it once on here but i'll say it again because it's hysterical my sister turned 21 mm-hmm. in the in april in the middle of the pandemic oh no I poor girl. My sister has my sister has Down syndrome too, so it was a little bit harder for her to kind of comprehend. Like, you know, WTF? Why aren't we celebrating my birthday? I got ten cars to line up in front of the house. Um, I didn't think to tell people on the block what was happening, <laughs> and it is just a parade of horns and we're we're not stopping like i'm out there screaming like a like an idiot and (laughs) all of a sudden i see on the corner somebody's coming out with their phone i'm like oh and i bolt over i'm like no no it's for her birthday please don't call the cops (laughs) please don't call the cops i'm like begging yeah no uh we almost got shut down it was interesting (laughs) shut down and turned into a tiktok by an angry karen yeah, 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 that's what I thought was happening. You were almost there. Yeah. I was almost, and I would have been one of the guys to stand up to the Karen too. It would have been bad. Thank God it didn't go that route. No, you would have compromised. No, uh, no. Well, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but with this holiday, I just want everyone to one be kind to themselves. Yes. Know your boundaries. Don't be afraid to assert your boundaries. Take time for yourself rest relax and try to enjoy it as much as you can well put yeah. very much 
Now is it time for the elephant in the room? Oh God, Roderick's I here. was quick. <laughs> well, no, I think we're going to need Roderick's input on a lot of this. All right, yeah, okay, let's dive into <laughs> it. All right, one thing I that's might been know circling a thing or two about a you thing might. or two. Yeah, you might. Um, we'll now, see. a big thing that came out recently, uh, roughly eight days ago, was the amazingly overhyped cyberpunk 2077 so we're gonna dive right into this no man's sky (laughs) 2.0 yes oh no 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 cyberpunk far far worse yeah cyberpunk was announced the the first trailer for cyberpunk was announced when the 360 and the ps3 were our main consoles and the PS4 and Xbox One bases weren't even launched yet. That can't be right. No, it, it was. It is. <laughs> it was first announced in 2012, and it's been delayed, 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 delayed. And I'm okay with May 30th, 2012. Yeah, it's been some time. <laughs> I'm okay with as long as they make a good functioning game right but then it launched yeah and if you're running launched yeah if you're running anything other than a pc with like a 3080 or 3090 you're having problems (laughs) or even if you if if you're running that you're still having problems now what kind of problems are people run into with this a whole bunch of bugs, which is to be expected with a massive right. open world game. People um, were, were expecting some bugs, but I don't think to the level of this. And, and I'm talking about the PC here. Uh, you're expecting a little bit of performance issues, but not to the extent where powerful hardware can barely run the game without running um, super sampling. Right. So... Uh, they had tested it. I don't know who who it was. I think it was the Linus from Linus Tech Tips. They tried running it at 4K uh, with ray tracing without DLSS, and it was running at like seven frames a second and on a 30, 3080 or a 3090. And I think what makes this even more frustrating is that's what was advertised. Mm-hmm. This game will run perfectly. At the, with those specs, with those, you know, with all the bells and whistles, this game is going to look fantastic. One of the, one of the best corollaries I've heard is this game is the new Crisis. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And you, if you, anyone you, remembers when Crisis came out, that was one of those that Crisis said, "We don't nope. care what you're currently running. This is what it's going to take to run, and if you don't do it, you're going to have bad time issues." Right. 2077 is that same mentality. The problem was they didn't include the caveat of if you don't have these minimum specs, expect it to be unplayable. But even the, the express the minimum specs. And even then it, you're running with performance issues. Sure. The, the big thing that happened is on the consoles. Mm-hmm. Because people mm-hmm. were expecting that it wasn't going to look like a, like a PC. Right. But they weren't expecting what was going to happen. The the PS4 version was borderline unplayable. 
I, I wouldn't even say borderline. I would say it was just unplayable. Now it was so unplayable they pulled it from the the PlayStation mm-hmm. Store, right? Sony right. pulled it from the PlayStation Store and started giving out refunds, which is unheard of. Especially Sony, for Sony. Sony has a policy that if you pre-order a game, buy everywhere. It is yours. You can yep. you cannot get a refund from it. Right. Even yep. if the game hasn't launched, if you pre-order it, it's yours. So I'm very interested on Roderick's take on this, given that you've worked for you know studios, things like that. Where do what do you, what's what's your take on this? I've had no issues with it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So I, uh, all right. I played right case. there, right behind me. I have a Xbox Series X um, okay. that I got when it launched. Wow. I've had <sighs> zero issues. Why don't you? Yeah. With it. Um, so I, you know, I'm on Twitter. I see all these people. They're like, oh my gosh, this game is so buggy. It's so glitchy. Like, and zero. I think it's a case by case yeah. thing as well. But I'm not entirely sure what would cause it to work on my machine versus like a high-end PC or or whatnot. Well, and again, the only issue I had was um, I walked into the um, the bar at the beginning of the game, Mm -hmm. and um, here's a character standing, T pose, T pose, and that was it. After that, I didn't see anything. It's like, oh, that's weird. It's in its bind pose, so something with animation must have you know messed up. other than that, I haven't seen any any other issues. I mean, now, you think it's yeah. one yeah, of those things where they're trying to like it's not really modeled towards the specs of like the PS4 and the Xbox Ones, where it's not forcing you, but suggesting that this is more based on the the processing ability of the next gen. Right. consoles than it is the previous one Ab- yeah. absolutely and i think where they messed up was they sold it to previous gen it, it shouldn't have been on ps4 mm-hmm. and on xbox one because you look at the the base not not the pros so not the the xbox one x or no, the, i watch the i watch someone it. stream it on an og xbox one and yeah. it, it is it, oof, it is yeah. rough. Yeah, it should have never launched on PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, no. When you have a studio, when you have this weird console generation switch where you go from old generation to new generation, a game that's going to be on both, it tend to requires an additional studio to take that game Mm-hmm. And kind of co-develop it with you, but for the previous generation. When I was at and, Sledgehammer and, Games working on Advanced Warfare, we very much were in this weird, like, hey, we got to launch on the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, but we're also launching on the 360 and PS3. Mm. And so we had a, another studio that was co-developing with us. And so our build of the game was about a month um, advanced versus their build. So we would do the assets and stuff, and they would get all the assets a month later and then have to implement them and optimize them and make sure they worked for the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360. All right. Didn't you, didn't you have that same luxury at Bungie with the multiple studios on that one as well with the PC port? Uh, for um, Destiny 2, we had uh, VV, Vicarious Vision, out in Albany, New York. They right. did a 
spectacular job making sure that this core game functioned perfectly on the PC. Um, and they went above and beyond to make sure that nobody could, you know, come out essentially and complain that it was just a port. Um, because we added everything that PC players wanted and made sure that it worked. Um, and yeah, we sent that off to uh, another studio to do um, because trying to develop for both platforms um, would have been a nightmare. Uh, it's yeah. easier now since we got the PC platform or since Bungie has a PC platform uh, completed and all that. Uh, now it's easier. But the initial start of, of creating for two different platforms is is extremely hard. Um, and they should have probably had another studio if they wanted to sell so- it. Where do you like? What would you? Where 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 would you say CD Projekt Red went wrong on this one? I would say announcing the game in the first place. Uh, <laughs> they they ran into the same issues that Final Fantasy VII had on the remake. Um, oh, that where was, that they was were development hell. <laughs> yeah, they were too excited to announce it. Mm. Um, so they announced it early, and you get everybody like myself included when they announced final fantasy 7 i was like yes and then like next pack or in the next e3 came i was like where is it like why is there no new information yeah and over time the individuals start getting pissed off and they're like hey you announced this and it feels like it's been five years now like where is this game and then you know those, these studios get pushed to to release a product that's maybe not at the quality bar that should be um, so when they announced it, I would say they were probably just barely in um, any type of prototyping stage. Um, everything was still gray models and, you know, very dirty and because um, not they should have on. waited at least another three years, maybe four um, to announce. Because what's going on right now, I'm, I'm not blaming the devs at CD Projekt Red because I'm sure mm. they put their heart and soul into this game. I'm looking more, this is like a management issue where they pushed a game that wasn't ready. And certainly with the early review processes, I don't know if anyone's kind of followed kind of that debacle as well, Mm -hmm. where they could only review the PC version, but use canned footage. This was a stockholder move. This, This was totally a stockholder move. And the stocks tanked. Yep. And they, rightfully so. But yet they wanted to push numbers for b- before the investor call mm-hmm. and, you know, have this like, this is what we have. We have, what what was it? Uh, uh, how many million pre-orders? A lot. I, I don't know what the... Right, 8.6, I think it was. 8.6 million pre-orders at was, $60 a pop, right? It was some astronomical number. And I think it broke records, if I remember. Yeah. Because with this whole debacle, the founders from CG, CD Projekt Red, with the, the stock drop, lost about a billion dollars. Good. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't know. That's, that, no, you know. No, I mean, that's what should happen. If you make a mistake like this. Do you think that, Fallout 76 was a mistake? That comes yeah. down to personal opinion then. Because there are plenty of people, if you go to conventions and you see the fans of the Fallout series, they absolutely love it. Well, they don't care they how broken it, it may time. be. Yeah. You're well, right. And no, Man, so no Man's Sky is another one of those examples. Right. right. They fixed it over time. And you know what? 
Bungie has a track record like that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to release it, let the consumers play it and get their response and then fix it a season later and have these updates and everything like that. And then it becomes that great game. You know, you, you, there's only so much you can get from testers and dev teams and, you know, uh, who, you know, community people that you dish it out to for for critiques and stuff like that. When you get it to the actual player base, that's when you start getting the real sure. meat and potato, you know, response and feedback. And if they're a good studio like like right. Bungie sets the bar high when it comes to taking community feedback and CD Projekt Red has fixed some of their previous games to a great level. So if they might have lost a billion, game, they might make a billion and a half a year from now with it. Because their past game was held to such high esteemed. Mm -hmm. Richard 2 and 3 are held to be some of the greatest games almost ever made. Which is wow. by and, and, far and probably the you know best what? game and, I've ever and played. And Destiny kind of lived on the on that Halo that halo pedigree as well. Mm -hmm. So it was and, held to such a high standard. And yeah, Witcher had it, it's, yeah. it's issues, but nowhere near what people have been talking about with cyberpunk, where the game is hard crashing on consoles and people can't play it. What was the last game that was, had a response like that at the beginning of this year? Was it this year or was it last year? Anthem? Mm -hmm. Anthem was Anthem was pretty bad. <laughs> Anthem was last year, I believe. That was crashing on console and mm -hmm. all this. And they had a great mm -hmm. idea. Gorgeous skybox, you know, and it yeah. just had too many things they, to they the point where they actually that? not yet. There is I think it's coming out late next year. They're re-releasing it and mm -hmm. they're just giving like blog updates of what they've been fixing and everything, which is just Soul crushing for because cyberpunk for would have needed team. like another year. I would argue two, right? Two, two yeah. years. I would argue two. Yeah. yeah. Based and, on and based we're, on the we're honestly, I've we're looking at the same thing with Halo Infinite coming out. Like, are they going to push that one for the sake of stockholders? Well, when, when you I say two that, years, based on what? What are you basing that on? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm basing it on what uh, what I've seen on Twitter. With, yeah, with the memory and stuff. Um, and I think there's a lot of yes. optimization that needs to take place. Um, and that optimization would probably take, um, I would say, a year to do. Because um, the game is a beautiful game. Oh, it's gorgeous. Wait, the, which um, one? Environment? Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk. Because oh. I, I tried it just for the hell of it. On Because um, my PC's not the greatest, but it's not a slouch either. And tried it on with just the minimum of ray tracing and it looks so pretty but the frame rate is left to be desired if you're not playing with dlss <laughs> yeah it's got high hopes but it's got a lot of potential i i yeah. think they're gonna get their criticism they're gonna take their lashes but in a year if you re if we revisit this with an expansion or whatever they do, mm. you're going to see a lot of the issues resolved. Yeah, it's taken I mean, a lot of licks because of how hyped it was. Mm -hmm. And I think like Roger was saying issues. before, they they announced it with, and they announced it too, like with all this flair, 
They had Keanu Reeves come out. It spawned memes. It spawned everything. It spawned interest into the product. And you had you had people who probably never even heard of Cyberpunk being a, a tabletop RPG came out and was like, yeah, no, I want this game. So you got hardcore gamers. You got, you know, filthy casuals like myself. And you just got people who just got an Xbox, you know. Filthy. You're filthy, man. I'm so a filthy, filthy casual. Um, or you just got people who got the Xbox uh, Series X or PS5 and was like, no, I want Cyberpunk because that's what's popular right now. Mm-hmm. Is this on Game Pass 2? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you. No, no, it's not. It, sorry, sadly it's not. Because yeah. for the, the PS5 version, I don't know how it is on the Xbox side. The The base game on, on PlayStation is the PS4 version just upscaled with the ps5 hardware so it's not its own version it's right. just one series x is the same yeah series x is a a xbox series x port mm-hmm. so so whatever happens with the the base one trans- xbox one x yeah to the the next the current gen i hope it gets what it deserves. I hope it gets fixed. I hope it gets, and it lives up to the hype that it did or that, that it created for itself. I I don't. Yeah. When did no man's sky release? Uh, the exact day I don't know, but that I, the reason I, they're finally at that point where they're, I mean, making, and they, good, making good on those promises that they, and they were, was it nominated or did they win at the game awards? 2016 August 2016 yeah and they just won a at the VGAs for I want to say best ongoing series so think about it it came out and it was destroyed man Mm -hmm. my screen is bright it came out it was destroyed because everything they promised never came rightfully so yeah Never came through. And I was one of the people who bought it on launch because I was like, this game's going to be great. And I bought it. And I was like, this game sucks. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's stuck on my PS4 because I bought it digital. Um, but now it's a fantastic game. But it took them a while to get there. So there is expectation now that Cyberpunk is going to get to that level it's just very tricky because try telling the public that right. You know, you Twitter kind of and the burned, world is unforgiving. You've burned the good graces. Yeah. yeah. But the expectations of the player is so high now. Mm-hmm. It is. That it, they expect, I mean, I know people have like, we discussed this at the beginning, what goes in and behind the curtain with the wizards of making a game (laughs) the expectations are so high to the player nowadays like we're far away from the side scroller games but but don't charge me more than 60 dollars how dare you about 67 we'll get that state tax in there but okay so i do agree our expectations for games now are much higher but it doesn't help that the hype that they created right right I mean, you almost have to put 
that much hype into a game to have it be successful. How many great uh, games have fell to the wayside that just didn't have the money for advertisement, but sooner or later begin to get a, uh, a cult following. How long us. was among us out? Right. Two years among us, two years, two years. Two years. Now it's like one of the most popular games out there right now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and then it's difficult because both because both are weeks, correct. <laughs> in two weeks, Animal Crossing is going to be popular on this channel. <laughs> yes, because it's going to be hashtag Joe plays Animal Crossing. No, I don't think it's just Joe plays Animal Crossing now. For some reason, I think this was an excuse to get all of us playing Animal Crossing. Right, but it. But, okay, but even switch. so, I'm sorry, but it, we know that it tortures you. So I will enjoy it even more. <laughs> Like I play it and I have an fun. Animal Crossing basket for like Christmas or something like. Like this. I like, have fun <laughs> when I play Animal Crossing, knowing uh, how much you hate it, will just make me have so much more fun. Tim's, Tim's reaction in chat right now is. <laughs> yes, Ten. I, I I will be playing Animal Crossing for a week straight, maybe two weeks every night for two hours, four hours on the weekends. Yeah. Joe, Joe made the mistake of double dog daring me and well, me and Matt fired our yeah our our communities to not make him play Animal Crossing. I have to be fair. I used Cade. I used Cade's name in vain just to get a few extra likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. If you didn't listen to a previous podcast that we had on, uh, we had our, our last episode, we had a fantastic. Um, uh, benefit stream last weekend or two weekends ago two weekends that we raised money to to make uh more uh mental health kits for the holiday season and right now we're at like we'll have 115 kits out by the end of this week Mm -hmm. um northeastern snowstorm crushed us for shipping but uh yeah mail did not go out yesterday um but with everybody's combined and you know efforts and so many amazing stream you know blocks and everything i'm I'm staggering because i there's just so much information that happened over that weekend it was just so overwhelming and just fantastic we were raised forty five hundred dollars and uh one of the things was i threw a thing out was one if we raise this much uh at the beginning on friday uh, I'll leave in f bombs and bad curse words in the podcast. Two oh, was that for this podcast? No, no, no. no, no. Said, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. we <laughs> really, you gotta make me edit like more. <laughs> <laughs> Take a lap. Uh, I got excited. I was just about to let a slew of curse words go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's let not the New Yorker out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you made you made last, me disappear. The last thing was <laughs> was if we raise this much, I'll play Animal Crossing on stream. And it was just like as soon as these two knuckleheads saw it, they were just like, <laughs> "Oh dang, this is gonna happen!" I was like, "Let go, uh, yeah, <laughs> make it happen." <laughs> yep. After after Christmas, I I will be playing Animal Crossing on stream. I'll take one of my daughter's switches. I will hook it up in my office because <laughs> they're sleeping. They're not going to need it. And uh, I'll play Animal Crossing on stream. We'll have some fun. We'll have some good conversations. You'll you'll help me build the island up, and uh, we'll have some fun. I'll make it's going uh, to be wholesome content. 
wholesome very wholesome very great, wholesome great stuff and, while we uh, drink very wholesome and then i'll uh i'll burn the game after two weeks don't you <laughs> dare <laughs> i'll trade it in for fallout 76 don't you make me call tom nook <laughs> do it <laughs> i will get him on the phone <laughs> no but it'll be fantastic and it's uh, you know if that's what everybody wants me to do and us to do together we'll absolutely do it i mean it's all about <laughs> it's all about fun and uh you know torture and joe. yeah <laughs> it's all about torture and joe all and right i i earmarked 500 dollars just for it i was i was down for it if, if it didn't happen i was i, was, I had a, a blank checkbook <laughs> i was ready to go f with right? Nate if it didn't yeah. happen <laughs> I mean, Radrick, you want to you want to play some Animal Crossing with me, man? <laughs> God damn it! If you can't I see, I would rather uh, start my Switch on fire <laughs> than play Animal Crossing. Okay. What about uh, Back for Blood? Did you see the trailer for that? Mm-hmm. It's like it's yeah. like Left That's for Dead. The Left for Dead. The Left for Dead um, rejects. For like Something like term, that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I'm really excited to get that. I know the alpha is coming out here soon. And I'm like, I was a really big Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2 fan and player. And I'm looking forward to this. But if you want a game that'll scratch that itch too, Left uh, from too. our friends over at uh, uh, Hollow Spark, Earthfall is a really good one too. And it's Ooh. Left 4 Dead with Aliens. So it's a four-player from A to B, and they have a, a very fun game right there, and it's a lot of a lot of fun. And uh, that's a smaller studio out in Washington area. They uh, some old Bungie devs or Destiny devs and stuff like that. So it was really they made some really cool games, and I'm really looking forward to their next expansion that comes out here soon. And that's that's me. That's it. That's I think that's all we have for the podcast tonight. It is. Yeah. It is. Um we did get a review on <gasps> iTunes. Oh no. That I was uh that I'm going to read. I'm looking at it now. Sorry. Um Okay. The subject is so good with three okay. exclamation points. Okay. <laughs> so we're good. I think this is gonna be a positive review, guys. Um, okay. My self-esteem got better. Um, (laughs) funny, informative, all around. Great. Listen, keep up the good work. This is from apples underscore A A N D A. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We are first review and it's positive. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Guys, we've had them. (laughs) (laughs) Please leave us. Just don't check them. (laughs) Uh, if you enjoy the we podcast, should. if you like us, if you love Animal Crossing, if you hate Animal Crossing, if you like Torturing Joe, leave us a comment. Um, leave us a comment saying how much we're terrible. Leave us a comment saying how much Joe is terrible. However you want to put it. Why are you focusing <laughs> in on me? Because I love you. Um, Joe's wrong. I'm the Joe kinder- is just wrong. I'm the kindergartner. I pull on your beard because I like you. Anyway. Um, just leave us a review. It really does help us out. It spreads the podcast around. That's iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Stitch Bean, um, whatever. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, we really, really appreciate your uh, your comments and uh, your reviews. And leaving us a review helps the podcast grow, gets us higher up on those uh, categories and everything. So more people can uh, find us and we can share our uh, content and wonderful depositions of each other. Indeed. Uh, Roderick, if we want to find and follow you on the uh, the socials, how do we do that? Uh, you can check out my website at wise3d.com. Uh, that will point you to my art station. Um, also, artstation.com. Wise, W-I-S-E-3-D? W-E-I-S-E-3-D.com. Um, or at Roderick Wise, uh, I think is my Twitter handle. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, man. I'm checking it out right now. That art station is just every is, time I see it. Art station is such a great site. Freaking gorgeous. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I showed one of my buddies fan I, art that I will be throwing up there hopefully in the next probably after the holidays. Yeah. Awesome. Why does it, every time I hear the word fan art, my mind goes just Well I don't I don't know. <laughs> get get your mind out of there. I I'm I'm watching the wrong fan art apparently. Yes. <sighs> Tisk tisk. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, Joe oh, just no. caught on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's uh that's saucy. All right. And if you want to find us, um, go check us out on Twitter, uh, Guardians MH. You will also find us. Uh, we have a new announcement as well. Uh, we are verified Discord server. We are also now partnered with discord so you will find our partnered verified server over on discord you can find links to that uh pinned to our twitter and other socials follow us on twitch at guardians mh and Mm -hmm. listen to us review us and if you want more information about uh mental health or mental health resources and helping us promote mental health awareness and getting the word out and find more useful, meaningful information and more of our content, check out our website at guardiansmh.org. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I love being able to say, join our discord at discord.gg slash guardians MH. Boom, I love that is. URL, right? <laughs> Beautiful. It is. And I'll do everything in my power not to screw it up. And like change the wording so all the other links go bad it's like it's guardians mh oh it's guardians gmh now mm, no. it's gonna be guard you know it's gonna be discord.gg backslash joe loves animal crossing yes it will <laughs> that'll be a long one i love that you fell on that sword yeah totally <laughs> dead can't go an episode without mentioning animal crossing Love it. So, by the way, who do you think it was that asked that question on Guardian Down? Gee, I wonder who it was. Who, who do you? So, think? I guessed it last week. I, I had the honor of guessing with uh, some of our friends, Gator and Hazelnut, over on Guardians Down uh, podcast, and they have a wonderful community, so supportive, a lot of friends of ours, and and then Nate. Boy, <laughs> do those guys record for a long time? Um, yeah. <laughs> they that was a long one like it was like two in the morning like i had one eye open and they wanted to talk about a mental health topic i'm like ah, i'm gonna try and get through this <laughs> uh it came out pretty good though uh i, I, I no, i will i will say that was probably one of the best um descriptions of what we do here 
like you went you went into it and you went to it you went in when it went into it with heart and soul like i listened to that i listened to that episode i'm like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i i forget who you guessed it on that brought me into the server but this one yeah it was a good one Mm. it was a very good one well now I forgot completely what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm good at deflecting. You, you're not. Conf- you're not bringing up the fact that someone on our staff brought up an animal animal cross- crossing question. Yeah, and the funny thing is, uh, the person that wrote in this community question said staff. So yeah, mm-hmm. staff member, and it's like Jesus. I wonder who this is. Yep, the only person for the last nine months that consecutively brings up Animal Crossing in any way, shape, or form on every single episode with me. And Nate, not only now, has alienated Matt to do so as well for like the last three months. True. (laughs) Nate. True. It's it's just straight facts right there, to be honest. What me? Saw me on the bathroom? What me? Wasn't (laughs) me. Did you just vent? Is that what I just saw? Caught me in the shower? Right. Wasn't me. I don't know. Nate's kind of <laughs> sus right now. I'm not going to lie. We got vote Nate out. Are we, play- are we playing Among Us? Well, <laughs> we can. I think we're playing Among Us right now on the podcast. No. Wasn't me. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, for another episode of Guardians Mental Health Podcast. And we are going to be done until after the new year. No, so back you have the, the new year. Yep. Enjoy your, your the rest of your holidays and mm-hmm. your new year. We will see you the week after New Year's. And I believe we have an amazing lineup of uh, people and guests to kick off the year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really exciting. A couple surprises in there. <gasps> You're going to love it. And, uh, you know. We'll be on Surprises. season four, so before seasons of Guardians podcast, which is absolutely amazing. See, a lot of people we we trick people because I think we're on like episode like seventy seven, but when you think about it and like people look at it, it's like episode twenty seven. It's like oh, well, season three. But if you put them all end to end, since we record bi weekly, we've recorded more this year than we have in previous years, but. We've, we've got a lot. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and I, you know what? I look forward to it every single time. And I look forward to spending time with uh, good friends, good people. And, you know, Roderick, buddy, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, chatting with us about this. When you Thanks are able me. to talk about that new content and everything, you know, projects that you're working on, do please. Let's chat right. about it. We'll throw it up on screen and everything, and we'll have a really, really good time, man. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I'm and, excited to uh, shoot him a DM. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Let's play some video games this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, you were talking I'm, to Roger. Not you. I'm talking about Roger. Talking All right, about fine. Hey, I'm always down to play video games. If I'm not making dice or doing other things, art, you know. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm not stuff. making video games, I'm playing video games. Yeah. Would you would you be interested in a Dungeons and Dragons game, my friend? Ooh. I have yet to play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we did have several groups at Bungie that would play, um, but because I lived so far from work, 
Um, they would start playing at like five o'clock mm. and play for like four hours. And so it was like, ah, I can't really do that, especially after work. But yeah, I'd be down to play some D&D on, uh, on a weekend or something like that. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I play magic now, which is awesome. Like one of the oh. things that I miss the most about Bungie oh, and a, a COVID hitting was playing magic. Like over here, I have like, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen commander decks. Oh my uh, God. And so we so played a lot. We played every Thursday at Bungie. Um, we'd play for an hour, maybe two hours over lunch. And uh, that's a long lunch. Just, yeah, we <laughs> just started um, kind of picking that up now. So uh, Thursday nights, uh, we play Magic. And uh, you got, uh, I think it's called Belltop or something. I have it bookmarked. Uh, it's basically a website where you can like have four people playing and it like shows everything on the screen and you can. Um, you tilt your webcam down so you can see all the cards and then the players, the other players can take and like click, double click on the screen on like your card and this this app will like pull up the card and like what it does and all that stuff. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, we've started nice. doing gotten kind of back into the, the groove of playing Magic. Um, so yeah, D&D would, would be fun. Sounds good. And Ten is in the chat right now saying, "Okay, but what about Dungeons and Destiny online?" Ain't and... no got time for Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yes because I really want to play that again because that was so much fun. But same, we can we can do both. We can do both. <laughs>